Morning, everyone. It is Monday, January 30, the Big Sports Breakfast on Sky Sports Radio. Hope you had a fantastic weekend. Nice and warm, particularly around Sydney town. Look like everywhere around the state, pretty much pretty warm weather. It is late January after all, though. And uh, last night we saw Novak Djokovic win his 10th Australian Open title, title his 10th. And that means he's on 22 Grand Slam triumphs, <coughs> excuse me, sorry, uh, which ensures that he joins Rafael Nadal and he also assumes the world number one ranking once again. So he did it in straight sets there at Melbourne Park against Stefanos Zitsipas last night. And two tiebreakers in the second and third sets. He just knew when uh, he won that tiebreaker in the second set, it was uh, gee, it was going to be tough for Zitsipas then. That was such a crucial uh, moment in the match. Arena Savalenka won the women's final Saturday night. Well done to the two Aussies, Jason Kubler and Rinki Hijikata, who followed the special Ks and uh, won the men's doubles final. So back-to-back wins for the Aussies, for, for Aussies in the doubles there at Melbourne Park. But to all honours with Novak Djokovic. He is class above, Clarky. Morning to you, mate. Yeah, morning, boys. Morning to our listeners. Yeah, uh, absolute genius, to be honest. The people can say what they like and um, have their opinion about things that have happened off the court about Novak. Um, but, geez, you can't doubt him as a player. Absolutely phenomenal. Uh, class above this whole tournament. Again, whether it was a myth or not, that leg injury at the at the start of the tournament tournament didn't seem to affect him when he when he needed it. Um, yeah, just different level. So well done to him. Great to watch. Um, the other thing I've, I enjoyed over the weekend was watching Usman Kawaja in the BBL. My goodness, hasn't he uh, found another level to his game as well? And gets the Brisbane Heat through, but um, he gets on that plane and goes to India. I've got to say, boys, I. Still a little bit nervous about our preparation going into this this test series in India. I know it was, it's been great to watch, you know, the likes of Steve Smith and Usman Khawaja playing the the BBL finals, but um, oh, I think in regards to test cricket being the pinnacle and trying to win a major series, I think the Aussie boys might have been better off getting over to India a week early and playing a first class game. Yeah, and uh, we'll get into some comments made by David Warner and uh, to his state of mind as well. And uh, also what he thinks about going to the Allen Porter medal tonight no, as well. No, uh, We'll get to that, Clarky. Don't worry about that. Morning oh, to you, Loza. How are you? How's yeah, the good, weekend? Yeah, thanks, boys. Yeah, not too bad. Um, Novak, wow, what a player. He was just too good. Too good all the way through the tournament. Uh, takes him to 22 now. Grand slams equals the great Rafa Nadal. Uh, certainly in the conversation, isn't he, as is the greatest of all time. I know a lot of people have their own differing opinions on who they think is the, the best player the game has seen, but he's certainly putting himself into that conversation. He was just way too good. So uh, we move on. Uh, the Australian Open has been won by the great man. And we move on, hopefully, Mido, to seeing some wonderful cricket over there in India. I was reading in today's paper that uh, the spinners of been having a spin camp here in Sydney at North Sydney Oval. Similar conditions. Similar conditions. <laughs> the heat have turned North Sydney Oval into a, a dust bowl. Oh, dear. Yeah, so no, hopefully we... that's the best preparation for our boys. Yeah. They're, they're Andrew McDonald, nothing to worry about. He says everything's sweet. They've replicated conditions there at North Sydney Oval, as Loza yeah. mentioned. They, they believe uh, as best as they can to replicate what Nagpur will look like on what I think it's Thursday week, the first test. No, is it the ninth? The ninth. Yeah. yeah. It's next Thursday. Mm. Uh, so it's around the corner in a big way. 
Uh, just locally, though, uh, wrapping up the Big Bash next Saturday with the finals. So on Saturday night, the Sydney Sixers, uh, well, they were on top. Mm. And then Perth was saved by an unbeaten 132-run partnership between Ashton Turner and Cameron Bancroft as well. Uh, so they won by seven wickets with nine balls to spare. And it means the Sixers will play the Brisbane Heat after Clarkie just mentioned last night. It was Mkwaja, superb. At the top of the order for the Heat, 59 off 47 balls. Uh, Sean Marsh, not out 82, though, in the Renegades total. They posted five for 162, uh, but the Heat, three for 164. So Perth will host the final. They'll play the winner of the Sixers Heat game Thursday night at the SCG. Uh, over there, though, they really get around their own teams over in the West. So it'll be yeah. a huge crowd, at least, for the final next Saturday night. Tough to beat the Scorchers in their own backyard. I think their quicks use those conditions really well. They know the right length, the bowl. Um, <clears throat> excuse me. I know how to protect the boundaries there as well. And then they're batting. Well, when you play there all the time, you're more accustomed to it than, than anywhere else around Australia. So I think they are certainly going to be the team to beat. Uh, but this game against the, the Heat and the Sixers will be a beauty to see who qualifies, who plays against them. Mm. Yeah, that game Thursday night at the SCG. Just into some rugby league news over the weekend, Laws. The Bulldogs uh, put out a release, announced their captains. Uh, took me a couple of times to read it to figure out what was going on. Uh, but they're going to have two ga- on-field game day cool. captains. So they are recruits, Reed Marnie, and I guess you could still call well, Matt Burton's only had one year there at the Dogs. So uh, a recent recruit, I guess you could say. And uh, they've got an overall club captain, Raymond Fatala Mariner, who was, uh, I think, out of the current Bulldogs squad, now that Jack- Josh Jackson's retired, has been there longer than any other Bulldog. And there's also uh, a part of the leadership group. Uh, <laughs> there is Josh Adokar, Viliami Kikau, and Max King. And as I mentioned, this is all filling the void left by Josh Jackson re- announcing his retirement. Yeah, and I think that that says a lot, the fact that, you know, you've got so many people in a leadership sort of role and, and a, a leadership compartment, uh, so to speak, because you've got you know, club captains, you've got on-field captains, you've got off-field captains. So obviously they want to share the responsibility, but they look as though they've got a lack of leadership there and they're unsure of who the best leaders are. Um, and it is a new squad this mm. year as well. So obviously the coach wants to know who his players are. Um, I think if it was a... Uh, you know, a coach going into a stable organisation with the playing group the same, I, I, I don't think you'd have this situation. But I think the fact that he wants to see who his leaders are, probably hasn't found out enough about his players. He wants to share the workload around. Um, we'll see how it plays out. But you've got two on-field captains. I mean, you have captains that do a lot of stuff away from the on-field responsibility. But at the end of the day, I think we all agree that one captain is the preferable option. But when you're unsure, I suppose, this group of players, they're all going to share the role. So it's not like you're going to have six on-field captains. I think the West Tigers had six on-field captains last year at any one stage. So this year, you've got Reid Marnie and you've got Matt Burton, who will be the leader's on the field, all the other leadership is just about growing a leadership group, I would assume. Why, why wouldn't you just, Burton and Marnie, one of them's your captain, one of them's your vice-captain, 
End of story. And then all your leadership group and this other stuff you got going on, wh- why does that need to be announced? Why can't that just be in-house? As long as the players know that, okay, we've got a club captain, okay, yeah. we've got a, a party captain, okay, we've got a well, colours the grass captain. Yeah, I, yeah. I don't yeah. understand why, 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 is it, why does every single thing need to go to the whole world? Just the captain I think and the vice-captain. The AFL, particularly AFL clubs, became really big on this probably 10, 15 years yeah. ago. They'd announced huge leadership groups. You'd be, be disappo- a big deal. you'd be disappointed if you miss out because well, everyone's got a gig apart from five people. Yeah, I think I think there's a bit of a, I don't know, a PR push coming from the Bulldogs because you have a look when they put the release out. It was Saturday all for the Sunday papers, just a you know, positive story in the news. This is our leadership group. Get everyone excited. Get the memberships yeah. up. As well, Clarky. Well, I think it's also a sign that they're New unsure side. of who their best their best people are to to be leaders within the group, and they're trying to encourage guys to come out of their shell a bit. So, who, who's accountable though? So, is is the club captain above the two on field captains? Like, who, who's accountable if something does go wrong here? Well, the the club captain. Yeah, what's he, he's, he's more your... about off field, um, like if there's a an engagement that they want. A representative from the club to go to, he's probably the man to go and that goes that. and talks to the group. Like you've got sponsors that you have to service mm. as well. Yeah, you know, you've got players that do a lot of work away from the field, and I suppose they just want to share the workload because if you're a bulldog sponsor, all right, there's one or two players that you want. You yeah, want Josh Addo Car, you want Matt Burt. That's exactly right. Of course. So if you if you throw it all on them. They're doing everything. So what they're trying to do, I would assume, would be to try and spread the workload around so a lot of the off-field work doesn't come back to your best players. It comes back to other people in a leadership role that can go and service the sponsors the way that they'd like to be serviced. He'd probably have a say in standards and obviously the C-word culture, all that sort of stuff, setting all that sort of stuff, and Marnie and Burton, very much game day. So they, they speak to the ref... Address the team, yep. et cetera. Yep. And, and I think, again, looking at the Bulldogs squad, looking at a new coach coming from the outside in, he'd be unsure of who his leaders are. Mm. He wants a bit more time to find out about them. If he was walking into a stable environment and you had your senior leaders there, there'd be no six-man leadership group. I reckon in 12 months' time, Matt Burton will be leading that side. I mean, he's still or, so young. Yeah, uh, him or, or Reed Marnie. Yeah. Obviously, they've led with their actions during the preseason, um, but they've invested heavily in both those players. So you'd think that they'll be, you know, consulted on a lot of issues, and they will need them to have big seasons if the dogs that are move up the ladder. I mean, they've recruited as well as anyone the Bulldogs. So I think there's quite a lot of optimism around. Um, you look at their one to seventeen; it's very competitive and a chance of playing finals footy. Lots of Novak Djokovic on front-end back pages of the papers today. A back page of the telly tears from the Grandmaster is the headline there. And, uh, well, his emotion certainly came out after he made it. Ten Australian Open crowns, 22 Grand Slam titles last night. Perfect 10 is the headline on the back page of the Herald and also the Australian Djokovic serves up a perfect 10. He described the win as, uh, well, he said afterwards... It, has to. He admitted it's been one of the most challenging tournaments he's ever played in his life, considering the circumstances, not playing last year, uh, coming back this year, obviously what was going on uh, with uh, his father off the court as well and everything surrounding that. So uh, 
Yeah, you've you got to give him credit. I know I give him a lot, a lot on this show, but I mean, he has stared a lot of uh, distractions in the face and almost was fueled by it because he was dominant through th- the whole I th- tournament. I think the more you try and give it to him, the more that he takes that mentality it. of mm. it's me against the world and he thrives on that and you see him play his tennis and he just looks too good. Like Sitsa passes are a very, very good player. I think, what, number three in the world. Um, second time he's played... Novak in a final, and second time he's come away as a, a loser. But, you know, he'll have a bit of... Uh, well, he should win a, a Grand Slam at some point over the next five or six years in his career. But at the moment, you don't see Novak slowing down. He's won 22 Grand Slams, and I'm sure he will beat... Um, uh, well, he's equaled Rafa now, hasn't he, on 22. So he's going to beat that record, you would think, um, and go on and become the, the greatest Grand Slam winner of men's events. So whether you like him, whether you hate him, he's certainly a wonderful tennis player. And we'll speak to Roger Rashi, wrap it all up after 7.30 this morning. Big story on the back page of the telly as well, written by a man, Dean Bulldog Richie. Rue Beauty is the headline here. A cup hero Arnie locked in on four-year, $6 million deal is the headline here, an exclusive with the telly. So... Uh, Graham Arnold, there's a media conference called this afternoon and Football Australia boss James Johnson is uh, reported to be present there later. So uh, the speculation is this will be the confirmation that Graham Arnold, after, well, was virtually gone (laughs) before the World Cup, leads us to a stunning result and a second round loss to a round of 16 loss to Argentina where we pushed the world champions, the eventual world champions all the way. And now he's shunning, set to shun deals for offers on the table from overseas, over in Europe, and continue as Socceroos coach through to the 2026 World Cup, which is in the US, Canada, Mexico in the US. Well, they were amazing in the World Cup, weren't they? I mean, they went into that tournament, I think, ranked 38th. They've come out of it now, ranked 27th in the world. Um, And he's got himself a new four-year deal. Um, I'm sure a lot of people will know what our... Well, what type of young kids we've got coming through. And by the look of it over there in the World Cup, a lot of these players, if they stay fit and healthy, will be there again uh, in four years' time. Uh, they all like Arnie. They all uh, respect him. Um, and they tend to play for him. So I think he's done a good job, really good job, since taking over from Van Marwijk. And I wish him all the best in the, in the next four years. But the four-year cycle, it can gobble up a few. It can gobble about, up a few. What about... Six months ago, they were just, God. he was the worst coach on the planet, had to sack him. The only reason he survived same, is they didn't have the money to pay him out. Yeah. Now the same people are offering a four-year deal. Like, it's tail between it, the leg stuff, isn't mate, it? Mate, <laughs> if that's not the greatest example of result-driven world, oh, yeah. I don't know what is. He was, he was hopeless. Hmm. Now he's a genius. <laughs> it's the same guy with the same experience making the same decisions. It, Unbelievable how quick things, how, how quickly you get criticised and how quickly things can turn around. You can for just, better and for worse. It, it, you know, the support of the players is obviously, you know, a big factor, no doubt, as well here. And that's one thing that was obvious with Arnie was the support he had from those players. I think that environment too. I, I think having an Australian coach in that situation can galvanise Australian players because they've got that way of... I don't know, just communicating, understanding the culture, what we're all about, what we're perceived to be good at, and that's sticking together and being strong. Um, And 
the playing group with their actions showed everyone what they're capable of doing. They played well above their ability. Well above their ability. If you ask a lot of soccer people, they'll tell you that, you know, possibly we shouldn't have you know, won any games, let alone a couple. And obviously we got beaten by France in that uh, first game and France just showed their class and then we got knocked out by Argentina who eventually went on and, and won the thing. So our results in that World Cup were oh, tremendous. And remember, the next World Cup, there's 48 countries to be represented, up from 32. So uh, touch wood, but qualifying should be far, I don't want to say easier, but uh, obviously we should be punching our ticket. There's no doubt about that. And, uh, you know, because we struggled in the qualifying yeah. uh, for this World Cup. Yeah, but there we... were a lot of reasons why we struggled too. I don't think we played a lot of games at home during no, COVID. You know, and, and and any sporting team will tell you they prefer to play at home, you know, play in front of your fans. It's always an advantage. And the Socceroos, they did it the tough way. Uh, we've got to thank the Grey Wiggle, I suppose, because he <laughs> saved us. He was the man. Oh, just wish it went to a shootout against Argentina. Mm. Could have wheeled him out. Uh, on the back page of The Australian as well, so Smith in box seat to win his fourth border medal is the headline ahead of the awards night tonight, the Cricket Australia awards night. And also uh, Green's lingering finger injury in all-round dilemma. Also on the back page of The Australian here, so uh, the reports are indicating that Cameron Green won't be fit to bowl in the first test in India, Clarkie. So he has this fractured finger uh, from Boxing Day, as does... Mitchell Stark, and Mitchell Stark has well essentially been ruled out of the first test, although his recovery is uh, apparently going really well. Uh, but he's not at this stage; he's not expected to play. So uh, the dilemma is: do you pick Green as a batsman only, or do you bring in a Renshaw, a Hanscom, or someone else? Oh, not if you go, if you go on a legitimate batsman. No, you keep Cameron Green. I think we need an all rounder. I think you go on two quicks, two spinners, and an all rounder mm. in India. So, so if Green can't bowl, then you need. I think you need to bring in another all-rounder. Who is there? Not sure. Who's in the squad? We, we, we picked 18. Surely they've picked the second all-rounder. I, sure I, I think... Have, because it, remember, Glenn Maxwell would have been probably the choice, but he went and broke mm, his leg. Yeah. Unless, you, well, yeah, unless they go Ashton Agar as the all-rounder, if they think his batting's good enough, and go three legitimate quicks. Play Nathan Lyon and Ashton Agar as the all-rounder. I, 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 I don't think that. I don't think Agar's batting's good enough in Indian conditions without a tour game mm. to be batting at number six or even yeah. number seven. They put Kerry six. Still, don't think it's enough. No. I, I think you need a. You know, Cameron, Cameron Green is so important to that team in those conditions because it'll. He, he's his bowling is as he bowls as quick as anyone. Mm. He's getting better. He's tall. He hits the wicket hard. He's quite accurate. I think he's he's a very legitimate third fast bowler, and that allows you to pick the two spinners. So it's going to be interesting to see what they do with their their first eleven. Um, yeah, there's no all rounder outside of Green, really. Yeah, so there's a couple of part time bowlers. But... So their only other option really is to go three legitimate quicks, and then go Ashton Agar has to bat at yeah six or seven. Tough one, tough one. Interesting to see what they do. And, uh, yeah, the comments from David Warner, so over the weekend, uh, said just that he's absolutely exhausted after the Sydney Thunders lost to the Brisbane Heat. 
And, uh, you know, he said that he just you know, wants a break and uh, went on to get asked about the Allen Border medal. And he spoke about, you know, a couple of the guys, uh, Stoinis and Adam Zampa, are playing. Well, they don't have to go because they're over playing in the 2020 comp at the UAE. Seriously. And uh, Warner said, uh, from his perspective, it would have been nice to have had another night at home, but it is what it is. <laughs> so uh, Don't look at me, Mido. Don't look go. at me. I made comments a while ago about what players thought of nights like these and got absolutely smoked. So, yep. Yeah, look, David's comments are David's comments. For sure. I, 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 but, I will say this. I don't think he's the only player that feels that way. One thing I will say, though, Joe Public will go, well, you went and signed the contract to take X amount of dollars to go and play in the BBL as well. Yep. So, you know, you could have said no to that if you didn't want to go to the well, other quarter battle. Not really. I don't think he could have. I think David Warner, Steve Smith particularly, those two, were told they have to be part of a BBL team. Certainly if you want to play in the, 20, in the, in the Australian 2020 team. So I don't, I don't know if that was the case. I think, I think we've seen a huge push in getting the Australian players signed to a BBL franchise, particularly because we haven't got the best overseas players coming in available. Imagine if David Warner said, I'm not going to play in the BBL. Imagine the outcry. People well, he be, didn't last year or the year before. But, but, he didn't have a team. But people would be into him. Yeah, for sure. For sure. Oh, but if he now, like he's saying he's exhausted... We play a four-test series, big series in India, starting, what, Thursday week. If he goes and makes no runs in this series, what are we going to say then? Well, you don't blame him. You blame the... Well, that's... that's that. I will be. I'll be blowing up about, well, again, we're not prioritising from a... That's exactly right. Executive point of view of cricket Australia. That's a given we're not prioritising. We haven't got a tour game in India. Yeah, well, if that's not the clearest example that we're not prioritising test cricket, it's right in front of our face. We have yeah. Cricket Australia have prioritised the BBL. This year, let's just look at what's in front of us right now. It's more important for these international players to play in the BBL than it is to go and play a tour game in India. And And this year was more important too because of the television rights. Exactly right. Exactly right. (laughs) (laughs) That's what I'm saying. Davey's Uh, Davey's in trouble for his comments. I promise you he wouldn't be the only player. He would not be the only player that's thinking that. We're going to preview Championship Sundays. It is over in the U.S., this morning with Dick Fane shortly. The San Francisco 49ers at Philadelphia in the NFC Championship game and Cincinnati back at Kansas City again in the AFC Championship game. The markets with Tab as it stands. Uh, Philly are $1.62. San Francisco $2.30. The line is a flat three. Eagles the minus. Kansas City $1.74, Cincinnati $2.10, a flat two is the line there, Chiefs the minus. So Dick's coming up shortly, but we want to get our heroes and villains this Monday. Get them in, 13.53.53 on the open line, 0419767272 on the text line. Loza, what have you got for us? Um, well, I'll tell you what I did discover, Mido. Last night I was watching the news and I couldn't believe what I just seen happen. There was a bloke by the name of, and I hope I get his name right, Bob Kuchenmeister. Kuchi. So Bob is 82 years of age. Ah, uh, this is the trot story, isn't he it? He is yeah. a retired limousine driver, but he's a trainer driver. Mm. And at 82 years of age, at Milton Park on Saturday night, he drove home a winner. Awesome. 82. At 82 yep. years of age. It's a great story, this. Love that. Uh, unbelievable. Yeah. I, it caught my eye on the TV last night and I rewound it just to 
make sure I heard it right. So congratulations to Bob, and he's someone that we uh, need to get on our program, or Dave should get on his program. I think the trifecta in that race, uh, they were all 80-plus. The Either the, the, the trainer, who, the horse which ran yep. second, and also third as well, so... Yeah. Well, Bob, he's my hero. Yeah, that's that's a good one. And my villain, it has to be World Rugby Union. <laughs> For, For that, the laws. The law, oh, mate. The tackling laws. Oh, it's getting worse. Well, the fact that they've bought it in the UK it, below the waist only. Uh, for amateur competitions in the UK. I just where don't does it end? know where we're going with all this. Well, it ends with touch football. Well, you're not going to get contact sports. <laughs> Come on, seriously. Anyway, that's my villain. Good for my daughter. I'm happy with that. No contact for my daughter. I'm happy with that. Yeah, if she plays Oztag, you can have <laughs> she that. She can play touch. <laughs> Oztag. What have you got for us, Pup? Uh, Novak, hero, no-brainer. Sevens, both teams. Villains, Ooh. poor, yeah, disappointing. Poor, very poor. Fifth and sixth, come on, lift. Got to lift. Novak, Stewie Dunbar, we yeah, we we'll get him on. I'm tail between stew. the legs. I'm into yeah, be, up yesterday too. He'll be blowing it. He'll be uh, he'll he be got, drinking. He'll he be drowning his sorrows on his head yesterday, Stewie. Did he? Well, it was either Saturday or Sunday. Yeah, he got tipped on his head. He won't be happy, big fella. It was a blow up too. Mm. Couple of red cards. I know you hate me making Novak my oh, hero, yeah. but how do you not? Don't have to like him, but you certainly have to respect well, him. Well, I've given him a rap this morning. Well, Don't have to make him yeah. a hero. Uh, <laughs> my uh, my hero, or heroes of the doubles pairing of Jason Kubler and Rinky Hijikata, particularly Kubler, who was a hang junior. On, hang, on, hang on a second. Hang on a second. They're your heroes yeah, in front are. of Novak. Yep. Okay. Well, because they're Aussies. That, and they decided wow. just wow. before. Wow. They decided just before the tournament to come together and play in the doubles together. And Kubler, who was a junior star, then went and had six knee operations. And uh, it's been a climb back to playing professional tennis. Okay. Stop looking at me like that. Okay. Because so, they are Aussies. So Jason Kubler and Ricky Hijikata, <laughs> the doubles champions at Melbourne Park are my heroes. I've got two villains. Uh, one is the red-bellied black snake that found itself in the second green at the Coast Golf oh. Club down at Little Bay. Yeah, no thanks. On, uh, on the weekend, I think on Saturday that was. And there it was, curled in the second hole. Mm. Mate, get out of there. Yep. Um, and also my other... Uh, villain is what is going on in the A-League where a bloke uh, one day uh, the Adelaide United midfielder who suffered a horrific broken leg there yesterday at Amy Park and there he was on the field on the pitch for 13 minutes waiting for an ambulance so there was some deal done where in Victoria ambulance since 2018 ambulances no longer had to just be present there at 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 a game where they previously they had to. Mm. So, uh, and I believe this is just a Victorian issue. So there was no ambulance there. So the poor bloke's there with his broken leg waiting for 13 minutes uh, for the ambulance to come. So anyway, one day, we'll speak to Mossy about this to get more information Mm. on this later this morning. But uh, three all, it ended there between Adelaide and Melbourne City yesterday. But a horrific broken leg. That match was delayed for 35 minutes. Pretty much half of America won't be moving for about the next seven hours, eight hours today. 
Uh, Dick, take, hello. I uh, hope you had a fantastic weekend so far over there, but tell us your setup for the next several hours there today. All right, sounds good. Well, first of all, I don't appreciate you guys scaring me away from my favorite sport of golf by telling me about snakes and cups. <laughs> I didn't need that story. Um, fortunately, I don't think I have to worry about that here, more so in Australia, I'm sure. But, uh, uh, yeah, the setup is going to be pretty benign. Uh, it's going to be, you know, at home for the first game. I'm going to go over to my uh, folks' house for the second game. My, my wife has decided to take the kids to the Harlem Globetrotters here that are uh, touring in Seattle. So uh, they're going to go to that, and I've got a nice, uh, a nice quiet house uh, to, watch the, uh, to watch the games today. So uh, nothing special, no big, you know, Super Bowl-esque parties. We'll have to save that for a couple of weeks. Okay, let's start with the AFC then, uh, the second game today. Kansas City $1.74, Cincinnati $2.10. The line is a flat two. Uh, this tells me that Patrick Mahomes' injury uh, oh, it can't be a high ankle sprain, can it? It can't be that bad. Yeah, I guess there's different severities. Um, he says he's had the same injury before and that this one is not as severe. Uh, we've seen very limited uh, tape of him uh, running this week, but it doesn't appear uh, in the amount of time that the media gets to look at practice, which is really only the first 15 or 20 minutes uh, when the guys are warming up. That's the only video they can get this week of these guys. And, you know, he's shown jogging and there's no sign of a limp, but just because you can jog without a limp doesn't mean you can uh, sprint, a, you know, a 4-4-40 or be able to uh, outrun a linebacker to a to a first down. So the mobility um, in the running, he, he will probably be limited in the amount of times he tries to run with the football. Um, the question is, will he be able to plant? You know, because a right-handed quarterback has to drop back and they have to plant on that right leg and they have to use a lot of power to push off that right leg to get velocity. It's, it's as much, you know, it's just like other sports, like tennis. You know, it's as much as your, your legs and your core as it is your upper body strength to get, uh, to get that whip on the ball. And, uh, you know, that's, that's really, guys, why I'm staying away from this one from a wagering perspective because I, there's just too much uncertainty. And the line has scared me all week. It's just gone back and forth. And, and uh, you know, Travis Kelsey also has back spasms he's dealing with. He says he's fine, but, you know, those can flare up at any moment because this game, uh, the temperature is supposed to be, by the time the game kicks off, the temperature is going to be uh, well below zero uh, Celsius. And, uh, you know, around 20, 22 degrees Fahrenheit, dipping down into the teens by the end of the game. That's certainly not uh, ideal when you're uh, suffering from a back spasm or a high ankle sprain. What have the Bengals done well over the last couple of times they've played the Chiefs stick? Because they've got it over them at the moment. Yeah, they've adjusted in the second half. Uh, they have only allowed the Chiefs in these three games to score six total points in the fourth quarter. And, and really, the, the Chiefs in the first two losses... The Chiefs led the entire first three quarters. And so I think the Chiefs can gain a little bit of confidence from that and saying, listen, I mean, two of these, everybody talks about us 0-3, 0-3 over the last three games against uh, Joe Burrow and the Bengals, but we dominated the first two games. We just let them slip away. And then the third game uh, was much more dominated by, by Cincinnati. But Lou Anarumo, the uh, defensive coordinator for Cincinnati, has just uh, bested um, Eric Bieniemy and, and Andy Reid, um, which is saying something because the, the tandem of 
the head coach, Andy Reid, who is an offensive guru, and Eric Bieniemy, the Chiefs offensive coordinator. I mean, that's as good a tandem as there is in the NFL. I mean, I'd, I'd put that right up there with any of them. Probably, you know, San Francisco as well with Shanahan as far as offensive minds. And uh, Lou Anarumo has made the correct adjustments against Mahomes and Kansas City in the second halves of these games to bring his team back to win. Just from a betting perspective, you said that, yeah, you, you're staying away. Oh, I'm a bit similar as well, Dick. Just on total points, though, it's set at 47.5. Are, are you leaning towards over or under, or are there any player props you particularly like as well? Yeah, I think this is a higher-scoring game than the than the 49ers-Eagles game. So I would probably lean towards the over, particularly if we find out that uh, that Mahomes is healthy and, and he can zip out and we, we see ourselves with a 17-14 you know, first half. And, and I, I think that's a, that's a situation where you know, if I had to play a side, which I'm not going to, I mean, the, and I'm usually not an over better, but I do think this game is higher scoring than the, uh, than the 49ers-Eagles game. The Lions moved up in the Eagles 49ers game, uh, up from two and a half to three. Uh, That's what I want to hear, boys. That's what I want to hear. Well, I'm leaning towards Philly and I'm petrified of the 49ers, (laughs) Dick. So you're firmly on the 49ers side here, aren't you? I I have been. Um, I think you're you're getting some value, especially now at three. I'm just not sold on Jalen Hurts as a drop-back passer. Now, if Philadelphia can move the ball successfully on the ground with Miles Sanders and with Jalen Hurts himself running the ball, then they don't have to throw the ball downfield. Um, But I I think San Francisco's secondary has been maligned. I think it's underrated. Everybody talks about San Francisco's front seven as being – tremendous which it is it's the best in the nfl by far it's the back end that has taken some of the criticism but you know diamador lenore he has a tendency of getting burned the the cornerback for for san francisco but he also has the tendency of making big plays as well i mean he had a he had an interception in back-to-back games and so i see both of these quarterbacks turning the ball over in this game I, i would be very surprised if both of them came away without a turnover and I do see this as a little bit more of a a defensive dominated game maybe not as low a scoring as we saw with the uh, with the Cowboys game last week but I do think that uh, this is a game that's going to be more defensive dominated and and it should be fun this is this is one I'm really looking forward to the Eagles are are fantastic there's no question about it Um, at the beginning of the year when we were going through our division winners, you know, I was tip. I was like, "Gosh, do I go Eagles? Do I go Cowboys? Do I go Eagles?" I gave the the Eagles the slightest advantage in that division, but that's really, that's really as far as I saw them going. I mean, so I, I guess I liked the Eagles at the beginning of the year, but I did not like them to the anywhere near what they've been able to do thus far. And now I want to see them against an elite, elite defense, number one defense in the NFL. And if Jalen Hurts can put up. 24 to 27 points get a win against the 49ers then i just tip my cap and say you know what i was wrong about the eagles carry on jalen hurts well done not many aussies play nfl dick but there's one in this philadelphia side in jordan Malata. how's he going and what type of year has he had and can he be in the super bowl do you think in the next couple of weeks well, he certainly can. Um, yeah, there's not a not a lot of guys outside the the punting profession that uh, that get over there uh, in the NFL. But I I really do think though that 
it's something that's going to be opened up. I mean, the, the NFL is really looking outside the United States more and more. I mean, they're still 20 years behind the NBA. I mean, the NBA began that, what, with David Stern in like the mid to late 90s, you know, Dirk Nowitzki being the being the first one, Yao Ming. I mean, those type of guys where they really looked for international talent. And now the number one overall pick in the draft with a bullet coming up is going to be a kid 19 year old from France. So the NBA is still far ahead of the NFL as far as uh, getting getting players over. But I do think the NFL is going in that direction and he's playing well. Dick, speaking of the NBA, what did you make of the LeBron James no foul? The LeBron James, you know, I, I got to be honest with you. I was at a hockey game last night and I have not seen it because I got up today. I'm, I'm just getting done with church. And so I got to plead ignorance on that one. I apologize. Well, I think it's happened to him in the last couple of games, yeah, LeBron. He, was, he hasn't he been fuming. getting the calls yeah. that a lot of people think he should be getting. It cost yeah. him the game, didn't yeah, it? Yeah, he got hosed. The Lakers Massively. got hosed there yesterday. Yeah. yeah, That was a foul through and through. Yeah. How are the Seattle Kraken going? In the NHL. Unbelievable. Unbelievably. I mean, this is a second-year franchise that has the best record in the NHL of the course of the uh, month of January, and they've vaulted up to first place in the Pacific Division. I mean, this was a team that last year, you know, kind of looked like an expansion team. I mean, they were disjointed. They didn't have any scores. Uh, they limped to the fourth worst record in the NHL, and we were like, oh, man, I hope this – I mean, it was fun to have – it's fun to have a team, but – you know, you don't want a last place team for very long, but my goodness, they have uh, they've added a couple of pieces. Their offense looks much better, and uh, you know they should have, they should have had five six goals last night. They won three to one, but uh, they completely dominated Columbus uh, for at least the first two periods in that game last night. And uh, there's uh, there's really good following too. I mean, the, the game was sold out, almost eighteen thousand people, uh, good vibes, and and we're gonna see playoff hockey here in Seattle for the you know in just their second year of existence. So that's pretty impressive. What about the remarkable recovery of Demar Hamlin, Dick? I saw a video that he released over the weekend. Um, it, it's just unbelievable the turnaround from possibly losing his life on a football field to be up speaking to his fans again. It's amazing, um, and, I, and I really feel bad for the for the city of Buffalo, um, their their team, and you talked about it last week, and I think uh, you're exactly right. I mean, just. The, the two ways to look at it, whether you can ri- ride the mo- emotion of the DeMar Hamlin situation to a Super Bowl or whether it just saps you and just drains you. And I think you're right. I think it, it probably just drained that football team because they went through so much. Yeah. But the, the bottom line is uh, they've got their man healthy. And, you know, there's there's no one saying I haven't heard one expert, one doctor say that DeMar Hamlin won't play football again. So, I mean, that you want to talk about the conclusion of this comeback story is if DeMar Hamlin gets back on that football field again at some point. Dick, you're going nestling for a huge day. (laughs) (laughs) It's going to be a lot of fun, boys. I'm getting the kids out of the house. I'm just going to stretch out, maybe crack myself a beer and – and watch some good football. Sounds good to me. Great stuff. Thank you as always. Dick Fane there. Championship Sunday in the States. Who are you going today, Mido? What are you... I'm going to go Philly and Kansas City. But I feel better about my Philly tip. But I am petrified. Of I think Philly will win, but I want the 49ers to win. I think 49ers will win. And I haven't got a strong opinion on the other game. If mm. Mahomes is fit, I think they can win the Chiefs. Yeah, I... I, I... <laughs> 
Chiefs but if he's at not, home, I don't think they can win. They lost Pain, last year. Painkillers injection. Oh. He'll be fine. Play on. Big mm. game. Get through it. Yeah. Yeah, well, I'm sure he would. But Wouldn't be the he, first he, looked, time. he was struggling last week. I just don't know how you go from struggling the way that he did last week. Ask Novak. Hobbling. Ask Novak how you do it. I think he couldn't. I think, he, Mah- I think Mahomes's injury was a lot worse. <laughs> Novak than Novak's. couldn't work in round one. <laughs> Finally, had the tape uh, off. Yeah. Well, welcome back to the Big Sports Breakfast, and uh, just some results overnight in the FA Cup as well. And uh, Liverpool, their pretty average season continues. They were beaten two-one by Brighton uh, in Brighton. Uh, Stoke beat Stevenage 3-1 and Wrexham and Sheffield United finished 3-3. That's fourth round FA Cup action overnight. We've got Mossy on uh, later this morning. Ange Postacoglu Celtic in the Scottish Premier League. They beat Dundee United away to uh, 2-0 and Aaron Moy scored from the penalty spot in that match as well. Uh, now, heroes and villains this Monday morning. So 13.53.53 is the number and the text line 0419 uh, Quite a few texts here. Let's go. Uh, Craig the Trucky, hero Ashton Turner. Seriously, this guy just keeps on performing. Surely higher honours are close by. Can he make one-day international and T20 World Cup? Villain Novak's dad. dad. Uh, being pictured with Russian supporters and Putin supporters. Disgraceful, says Craig the Trucky. Morning, guys. Hero. Amazing moment. WWE Raw Rumble yesterday. Uh, Logan Paul and Ricochet jumping uh, jumping from the ropes and either side of the ring colliding with each other in the air. Uh, villain, people at the tennis that get a kick out of hearing their own voice in the stadium before the players are about to serve or someone that takes a baby with them to the tennis and it starts crying mid-game, says Michael. Some good points there. Morty Boys Hero, the Sydney Rugby Sevens. Rugby in general cops a bad rap, but you can watch Sevens rugby all day. Cracking sport. Villain, the Duckworth-Lewis system in the Big Bash Friday night. The Thunder were ahead of the heat at the same point in the innings when the rain hit, yet somehow lose. Doesn't make sense. Cliffy from Scone, and I thought exactly the same thing, Cliffy from Scone, for the Duckworth-Lewis method. Uh, When you have, what, six overs, how does that constitute a game of cricket? So this was the scorecard for that game on Friday night. So the Brisbane Heat were five for 203 from their 20 overs. The Sydney Thunder... After 6.5 overs, one for 52, and they lose the game. Mm. Now, Clarky, can you delve no, deep into mate, your I'm, calculator? My eyes are closed. I'm trying to concentrate as hard as I can to work this out. Explain to me how you can no. come up with a result in a game no, of cricket can't. with that. That you, is absolute rubbish. You can't when you're only one wicket down because oh. generally wickets in hand last 10 overs. You could, you could score 100 and... 20 runs, 140 runs in that last 10 overs if you've got wickets in hand. So I've said it before. I don't think Duckworth Lewis was made for T20 cricket. It was made for 50 over cricket. So it has to be different. They have to come up with a new formula for T20 cricket. That is a joke. That's a no result. That be. game is not even close to over. has to be no result. There's too, there's too, there's too much time and too many wickets. <laughs> To be able to determine that game at that stage, in my opinion. Imagine you, imagine you win a final like that, if a final's mm. decided like that. Yeah, it's, it's not right. It's not Which right. it could be. Yeah. Please. So what did they need? What did the Sixers need to be They needed 61 
in 6.5 overs, I'm guessing. So hang on. So we're talking and nine runs. T- yeah. Well, one for 52. So they were eight, run- eight runs to tie. Eight so they runs. lost by eight runs. Yeah, I, I don't think that's the thunder. right. I, I don't think that's it. There's, there's so much time left in that game at that stage with nine wickets in hand. Uh, that is, yeah. I mean, Warner's 36 off 20, not out. Yeah, that's a, man, and th- he's he's a, he's a good example. He's one that could he could be a hundred off 50 balls. Oh. You know, in the next mm. 10 overs. So yeah, uh, yeah. Like I say, I, that's not me making that up. I think it's it's been openly spoken about that Duckworth Lewis was not done for 20 over cricket. So they've just used the same um, formula. Formula, but it's yeah, I, I don't think it's right. Uh, elephant in the room stuff. The multi laws. Just tell us how it went on the weekend. Ah, oh, shit. <laughs> <laughs> excuse, excuse the word um. <laughs> That's how it went. Uh, I was disgusted with it. Yeah. Mm. So I'm sorry. I apologise. That I'll bad. It. That bad. I'll be a man. You're saying, and own so- this result. You're saying sorry for it. That bad, <laughs> mate. I'm telling you. Okay. Oh, it was terrible. Yeah, it went poorly. I saw terrible. both races. Too. I was up and about too. I was at a barbecue on Saturday, mm. and uh, you know, conversation started about you know what, what do you like today and all this type of stuff. I said, "Oh, the multi should go all right today." <laughs> we watched the first race. I didn't even watch any of the other races. Oh no! That day. Oh no! That bad. Oh, it's filthy. Mm. And just copying it off people too. Oh, people well, that you know. I bet. Yeah. And especially, you know, it's the afternoon got on, and if you're a bit more hydrated, I'm sure the abuse. Honestly, I watched one up. race. That was it. Hmm. I'll tell you who it's great to talk to this morning the great Chicken Chow. G'day, Chicken Chow. G'day, Meadow. Clarky, Loz, how are you? Good morning, buddy. How more are you? More importantly, mate? mate, how are you? I'm all right, mate. Thank you. Yeah. Um, no, I am. Um, actually, my brother, he hated me calling this station, but I, <laughs> I couldn't sort of help myself. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, I lose a lot of material. He used to give me a lot of material, Loz. Oh, to, did he? He gave, me, oh, mate, he, he gave me the one about your nose, Loz. When I, when I, when I, <laughs> so, so you've been a plagiarizer yeah. all your life. And claiming it as yeah. well. Oh, I have. My brother, he's a, he's a, he had a few uh, good one-liners. He said, uh, Loz, your nose would scare a dog out of a butcher shop. <laughs> <laughs> I've heard worse. Oh, my God. Yeah, That's yeah, actually giving me a rap. Yeah. <laughs> and now uh, I'm alright, bud. How's your holidays, boys? Good. Not bad, mate. Nice to be back. Put it that way. Nice to be back. Yeah, yours. Yeah, yours was busy, Clarky. But I'm my way back. Actually, Clarky. Yeah. Uh, I know you keep an eye on politics. Oh, yeah. I think this bloke is the first man from South Africa to be the new Labor leader of New Zealand, Sean Pollock. He does look well, like him, doesn't does he? Does he? Oh, I've not seen him. Okay. Yeah, have a Google. That's, that's, that's almost my hero. <laughs> <laughs> I'll tell you what, talk, talking <laughs> of the Kiwis, though, mate, they are going through a tough time oh, at the mate, moment with all that rain over there. Oh, Terrible. More, yeah, they've got more press than Clarky at the moment, the Sean Pollock, I've just got a picture up here. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I don't know how happy That's Sean Pollock will be Good about round that. Up, Sean Gosh, Pollock. He does Good look like him, doesn't he? Yeah, very similar. Yeah, Incredible. Full Top of off, <laughs> hit the wicket hard, <laughs> belt him with the bat. The old V600, Sean Pollock. Yeah, it's good by you, Chicken Chow. Yeah, thanks, mate. Um, what else? Uh, villain, myself, two months ago, I lost my wallet. 
Anyway, this morning, this morning I'm getting changed. Just kick the toe of the bed. My wallet, kick the wallet. Under the Could bed. Not believe it. Oh, what else? So what else is under there? <laughs> <laughs> well, Clarky, if he went under your bed, we'd find ex-girlfriends and. Uh, <laughs> oh, jeez, I've missed you. I've missed you so much. Clarky. <laughs> Cocky under your bed would find PE Nation. <laughs> Who's the hero? See you later, chicken. <laughs> Sean Pollock's his hero. Oh, yeah, he did. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Get right. him off. Great John O, help. <laughs> good on you, chicken chow. Damn, See you, legend. Good to speak to you, chicken. Uh, I'll tell you a uh, good nomination here. Not sure if it's been mentioned, but Marty Tapau's uncle drowned trying to save two swimmers yesterday oh off Cronulla. God. I saw that on the news last night. Tragic uh, situation there. Uh, in the Shire, and uh, yeah, and the gentleman who unfortunately passed away, Dude, and saved nasty. two others. It has been nasty Marty in the water up. the entire mm. holiday. Like, really what hurts. about the young boy who got struck by lightning oh. in the beach the other day? Terrible. What about that? Yeah, Mate, not good. what is going on at the moment? Uh, we've got uh, the Wagga Rooster. G'day, mate. How are you? <coughs> good morning, gentlemen. How are you going? Very, very well. You got a hero and villain for us. Mate, the hero is the most underrated tipster of uh, throughout the big the uh, sports network, Adam Pengelly. I don't know if you followed him on the weekend, but both tips got up at uh, sorry, got each way odds, and uh, I had his thing in the last Super Pursuit to run a place to fulfil a number of multi. So God bless Adam Pengelly. Oh, brilliant! You owe him a beer or two. Yes, it was very very good and profitable weekend because of Adam. So uh, give him a cheer for me when you get him on later this morning. That we will. And uh, the villains, oh, Laurie, put your hand up. <laughs> and also uh, the um, punters panel who have gone all January, all 2023 without a collect. How hard is it to pick four horses to run fourth? Obviously very, boys. No, I saw, I think it was, uh, was it Richard Haynes, I think, on social media basically uh, say, yeah, look, it's officially in a rut. <laughs> so, yeah, was... Well, they, they backed up on Laurie's perfect proposal, so maybe Gay and Adrian are the, are the uh, villains when they've uh, got a couple of other things that ran really well on the weekend. Good luck to them. Well, I know that uh, Loz will be finding a scapegoat somewhere, so uh... <laughs> I will. I just need a bit of time while the rooster, that's all. <laughs> all right, boys, we'll have a great week, and thanks for everything you're doing. We love listening to you. Good on you. No, nah, good on you, mate. Uh, just some more heroes and villains here. Morning, lads. Hero this week is the 14 leading all the way on Saturday in the last leg of the Moody Valley Quaddy, paying me uh, 4600 Villain, my beautiful missus, hearing me cheering loudly and then waiting with hands open to collect all my winnings. Bloody rookie error on my behalf. Have a great week, boys. Cheers, woogie shapes. Uh, sending that one through, Hero, the Brisbane Broncos, for putting a $500,000 transfer fee on an 18-year-old who was sooking, not training, and wanting out of his contract. Uh, villain, the agents who put the young blokes up to it. Amazing how a new agent who doesn't get any money from an existing contract can always find reasons why they should sign a new one, says Tiger Marty. And that's a young uh, player, Carl Lopu, I think his name is, who's heading to the Bulldogs, who has... Uh, been uh, well nursed through by the Broncos there uh, in juniors, and uh, well, he's changing clubs, so I'm sure that's the play that Tiger Marty's referring to. Uh, Steve from Arachnabeel, hero Jamie Carr for her efforts in Hong Kong last night, especially riding the wrong way and uh, on dirt. Uh, villain Big Bash organisers for bringing back the Aussie stars, and then having 
the final when their star players aren't available. Um, more here. here. No villains, just heroes. 82-year-old Bob Kuchenmeister, who uh, Loz mentioned earlier, Victoria's oldest trainer and driver, winning the last race at Melton Saturday night. Absolute legend. Hashtag not all heroes wear capes. Ryan the truckie sending that one through. Um, and uh, hero Novak. Uh, hero Novak uh, Djokovic says, any Grand Slam win is an achievement. Villain Djokovic, <laughs> as he's a tool, as it proves um, that the nut doesn't fall far from the tree, says the Cleveland Blue, sending that one through. Keep them coming, though. And uh, we got Adam Pengilly, who was just given a big rap by the Wagga Rooster for his tips on the weekend. G'day, Adam. How are you? Morning, Mido. Morning, boys. Nice of my dad to ring through to the program this morning. <laughs> <laughs> Did you tip up the storm, Adam? Uh we went okay, Loz. Those two tips I gave you on Friday morning, uh, both at double figure odds, they both ran places. Both ran really well. Unfortunately, didn't win, but um, were decent results for me. And I must say, Loz, I know you'll give me some stick on Friday about my tie on, on form line on yeah. Thursday night. I just want to remind you, Duff and I put our heads together for a multi on, on form line on, on Thursday night, $17, and it lobbed. So, bit of, bit of pressure. A bit of pressure on you two Go now. with the same right. tie, buddy. Do not change that tie. So, so we, what was it? We had Daytona to run top four. We had Super Pursuit to run top four and Spacewalk to win. So, $17 multi got home. So we'll oh, leave, it with me. leave it with me. Yeah. Maybe you yeah. need his lucky tie. Yeah. The Actually, boys, a bit. Thick. It might bit, have been thick, but it worked. It wasn't about fat. the tie, wasn't it? It was about how it was, wasn't low enough. It wasn't I've, actually, I've actually seen the vision. You couldn't see the bottom of the tie. No, Loz is going on up here on the collar because that was so yeah, thick. Yeah. Nah, He's assuming it was a short tie. Yeah, oh, I don't, yeah, Adam, yeah, I don't nah. think it was short. No, once it's thick no, up it was the top, okay, it, was, it was very short. We had the desk. We had the desk there. Yeah, your desk is always your saviour as well. Exactly, exactly, exactly. Anyway, on the line this week? No, 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 no. Oh, Greg right. race back. I was just a, just a fill-in last week. I'm, I'm a bit worried about Mido this week as well, boys, because we, we had like a, a rain-shortened T20 match on, on Friday oh, night. Seriously. We, we've had Novak Djokovic win the yeah, Australian uh, Open, yeah. and then Liverpool lost in the last minute last night. <laughs> not, <laughs> so, yeah. How are you going this weekend, Mido? Yeah, comes, in, comes, comes in threes, I reckon, Mido. So you're yeah. good, to go. good to go. Yeah. Does it come in so, three? So they tell me. All right. <laughs> Thanks for the advice. I'm done, Will and Truly. The fallout from the expressway uh, significant. Not only did it, uh, well, well, in fact, Laurie's multi was done by that stage anyway, but uh, uh, Forbidden Love, career over, Golden Mile. Not winning, of course, uh, the favourite. But Maria Mia, let's start with that mare. Uh, yeah. Very very nice win there in the expressway. Yeah, she was fantastic, wasn't she, Jared? And, and I honestly thought going into the race was a racing suit between Golden Mile and Forbidden Love, but I was proven very much wrong on that occasion. And again, Joe Pride, with these tried horses he gets from other stables. And I don't know, he's got a, he's got the knack, doesn't he, to take him to another level. And we know this horse wasn't a part of the initial nominations for the expressway stakes last Monday. He was the first one to put his hand up saying, no, I'm going to throw in a nom for her when they open the entries a little bit longer, and he's got the ultimate reward there. So she's got a group two on the page now. Um, beautiful ride by Tim Clark, and she won with some authority as well. So take nothing away from her. She can find another stakes race and be really competitive as well. Um, I thought Golden Mile was good, maybe a little bit below expectations, but he's going to have bigger targets to uh, 
to head towards later in the autumn campaign, getting over 1,400 metres in a mile. And you've mentioned Jared Forbidden Love. We'll just say news there, wasn't it? Mm. She's um, pulled up severely lame, obviously got a, a serious injury and has been retired to the breeding barn. So we saw the best of her about 12 months ago on those wet tracks in the autumn. But unfortunately, that's the end of her racetrack career. She'll go down as a multiple Group 1 winner. But uh, no luck for Michael Friedman there in the expressway on the weekend. What about the Canterbury Stakes? We saw Red Resistance win. But what did you also make a King's Gambit going down? Yeah, he was okay, Loz. I, I know whenever you get a horse turned over at that short price at the dollar twenty-eight, obviously I think he was a bit disappointing. But Red Resistance was up and going. He was the fit horse on the scene. We know that King's Gambit only had the one trial going into the race. And I think I said on Thursday night on Form One last week, I, I have to tip King's Gambit. I couldn't back him at the price, and I'm a little bit filthy. I didn't, I didn't back Red Resistance because I thought it was any danger was going to be him. And he was just out in front there on a fast track, running pretty decent time, and he's got the job done. I, I wouldn't be sucking King's Gambit, Loz. I think he's got plenty more improvement to come heading towards the slipper. We know that Snowden's a they're great grand final trainers. Probably the running needed to have, and I suppose heading towards another race in, I'd imagine, two or three weeks' time towards a slipper, he'll come into his own. So, uh, yeah, but take nothing away from Red Resistance. He is a real slipper type. Like, the way his racing pattern, he's tough. Gain Adrian got him up and going now. Provided he can stay together, he's going to be there and thereabouts on slipper day. So, uh, I think we saw two pretty nice colts there on the weekend. And as far as the Phillies are concerned, uh, cool more will they spend a lot of money on Justify, and Justify has its first Australian winner in uh, the Widden there on Saturday. Learning to fly looks a nice filly. Yeah, she might be a good one, Jared. I think it's probably fair to say it might be Cornwall's best chance of winning the Golden Slipper this year, and certainly Annabelle Nation's best chance. And she trolled up a storm heading into this race, and she had to give away a bit of that race experience. And I guess a couple of these hardheads who had a couple of starts previously, but she just eased off heels there and was really professional and dug in for the fight as well. That's what I liked. I thought she was going to be challenged there for a while, but she dug in, put her nose out, and has uh, definitely stamped her ticket heading towards the slipper. So I think she's a top-class filly. I think she's the real deal, and definitely horse we can follow with some confidence heading towards the slipper. Steel City, I suppose, Frank, that resistance form running second. And I suppose a couple of horses behind. Mumbai Muse on debut was good. And even Sadafli coming out at Canterbury Race wasn't too bad. The big disappointment in the race was, no doubt, perfect proposal. I'm not quite sure what Gay and Adrian do with her now from now on. But uh, I think the filly that won, learning to fly, is definitely the horse to take out that win stakes down on the weekend. A couple of people on the text line this morning, Adam, have made Jamie Carr their hero. She had a... A good day at Hong Kong yesterday. Yeah, huge feather in her cap was for her career to head overseas and pick up her biggest win so far in, on Voyage Bubble in the in the Classic Mile. And like so many of her wins back here in Australia and in Melbourne, we saw her just rate this horse perfectly, straight to the lead, and looked like she's going to be challenged halfway down the straight. But he kept kicking, and just she has this ability to punch them out and to be able to win these races. So I think that's a massive, massive step for her career to to win a massive feature race over there in Hong Kong. So well under Jamie Carr. And, just quickly, boys, on Hugh Bowman. Like, I know he's gone over there for this short stint for, for a few months in Hong Kong. He's applied to have his license extended uh, until later this year, potentially towards the end of the season. I don't think we're going to see Huey back anytime soon. He's riding fantastically over there at the moment. We know that jockey's ranks are a little bit weaker in Hong Kong with, obviously, um, Marrera leaving the scene at the moment. Zach Curtin's coming towards the end of his career. I think Huey is going to make every post of in Hong Kong for the next six months, and he looks like he's really settled over there. So... Our Aussie jockeys are still flying, boys, and doing great great things over there in Hong Kong. Gee, some significant trials at Warwick Farm this morning. Nature Strip, Private Eye, 
Uh, we've got Fireburn, Durston as well in the first trial. That's only the first trial of the quarter to nine. I think in secret and Madame yep. Pomery amongst the trialists this morning at the farm as well. Yeah, getting really serious at the moment, Jared. So we'll see probably most of those horses return to the races in a couple of weeks' time. As I would have thought on maybe Apollo Stakes Day. So, yeah, great to see Nature Street back at the trials. And very keen to see what In Secret does this campaign. She was awesome last year as a three-odd, wasn't she, in the spring? So very keen to see what sort of races that James wants to target with her heading towards the autumn. So, yeah, big day of watching the trials at Warwick Farm this morning. Have a great day, mate. See you, boys. Chat tomorrow.